Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Today, we're going to do a show uh, that is generated actually from uh, the interviews that we've done that you've already heard before. We did something called instinctive response, and we're going to actually, we have 22 questions total, and we're going to banter back and forth with these questions. Now, we haven't really prepared for these questions or like sat here and studied and thought about what our answers are. We purposely did that to ensure that we wouldn't give like this, uh, you know, well thought out process. We are literally going to do just like we do with our, our uh, uh, guests that we've had before, and we're just going to come off the cuff. But before we get into going on to that, hey, make sure you check out our Facebook page, 101 Influence, and join that closed Facebook group. Check out uh, our website, uh, instinctiveinfluencers.com. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on, uh, you can check us out on any of the different podcast um, apps, you know, the Apple Podcasts, um, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. I mean, there are just so many. So just look for us. And, you know, if you haven't done any reviews or anything, you can do that. But before we go any further, Ed, how's your day? Uh, outstanding, restful day. My favorite type of Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you told me uh, you and uh, your puppy Pat and just kind of chilled out all day, huh? Yeah, we did a whole lot of watching like Hulu and shows my wife hates, like Married with Children. We kind of watched a few episodes here and there, and and then I had homework. So, you know, I did do my homework today. But, yeah, mostly it's just me and the dog. <laughs> so no exploring for today for the Haley's, huh? No, no. Wifey had to work, but we are going to. They're having like a, a used book giveaway here in town tomorrow, and it's actually English books. So we're going to go check that out. Oh, really? That sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, books, that's one of our, that's like one of our big things we like to talk about anyway. So, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see what you get out of that. You gonna, are you going to offer up books or is this just something I, you just my go wife, get a book? My wife sent me the invite to us. I don't know if it's like, uh, I think it's a one-time thing. They're just trying to get rid of some books maybe. Uh, so we'll check it out because it's on the, you know, it's on the German side of the house. So they probably have a lot of English books and maybe they just want to cut down their stock. But Hey, if I find one free book, it was worth the trip. That's it, man. Like, you know, and then even, you know, it's even cooler if you read it and then give it to somebody else. Yes. There's a, there's, I've seen some programs like that for kids too, where they, uh, they take them, it's ride for reading. They do it in Nashville. Yep. We talked about that. (laughs) Yeah, and they ride to like, um, you know, mid- lower income areas and they give kids books. They make the kids do a pledge that they won't write in the book and they that they'll give the book to somebody else and will never, ever, ever, ever throw it away. It's a pretty cool event. You ride your bike to the to the daycare or the school or whatever and you sit and read with kids. But yeah, that was one of the big things is give it to somebody else, share the knowledge and yeah, that was, I mean, and that was our goal, our primary goal for everyone back on episode five, way back, oh, way back when, make it sound so long ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I had somebody tell me yesterday, uh, I was um, uh, Skype calling with my brother and sister together this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we were doing a Skype call and one of our friends, Dylan, said that that episode made him go out and buy Who Moved My Cheese. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, so he went out and bought it, and he's read it, and he's like, it really spoke to him. Yeah, he told me yesterday that that episode made him go buy a book. That's freaking awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. That's just, yeah. you know, and that's and that's really what we're about, too. You know, we've talked about it multiple times. We talked about it on the last episode. We talk all the time that, like, the goal about this whole thing is just creating that influence, and maybe he'll take that book, and he'll give it to somebody else, or he'll recommend to somebody else, you know? So, I mean, that's exactly what it's about, bro. Yeah, I was pretty pleased. I, I thought that was awesome. He was very excited about it too. We we talked for like two hours over Skype last night back to Pennsylvania. Man. Oh, they were driving to Pennsylvania? No, no, they were my sister's up there for the weekend, so they Skyped from my brother's house like right. in the morning before they started their day and it was the end of our day and we just it was like just hanging out in the room together kind of way. Like we were all we could see them and they could see us and um yeah, it was pretty cool. Wait a second. I, I talk to you every week and I never get to see you. This is ridiculous. It's <laughs> because of my. I really only wanted to see him so I could see my nephew. And then they got this contraption that cleans out the kid's nose now, I guess. It's like a hose. And you put it in your mouth and you bite down on it and the pressure cleans their nose out on the other end. You put the other end in their nose. It looks pretty <laughs> gross. Nothing gets in your mouth. But my brother had to show me this on the Skype call. And I'm like, Thanks. He felt <laughs> he felt like it was really important. <laughs> yeah. But I did get to see a family tradition. So my brother put his little uh, ice cream cake down and he turned his back. And, you know, I can see the whole room. And he turned his back and my sister snatched it up and started eating his ice cream cake because that's something that they do to me. If I have something they want and I turn my head, they'll eat it. So, yeah, my sister, I get to watch her do it. And then my wife made a comment that got her busted. He's like, oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know what? The other day I noticed you posted a picture on Facebook with a message on your whiteboard. <laughs> Do you have another message today? Uh, I might. Yeah, I got busted for that one. They, they caught it. My brother's now sister. I know. They definitely well, caught Jeff it. Watts, <laughs> Jeff Watts caught it too, and he said something. Yeah. I, I have yeah. to take a picture. I do have something up there, but yeah, uh, I mentioned the interview that I plan on doing with my brother and sister, and they said, oh, why would you want to uh, interview a couple of jerks? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so audience, the other day, Ed and I were talking before the show, and what we what he came up with, because he has a whiteboard. If you notice some of the pictures you'll see of him on, on our Facebook group page, um, he'll put a picture of him where he's recording in his studio there, and up over his right-hand shoulder is a whiteboard. He's going to leave messages every once in a while. They may be encoded. We don't know. <laughs> All right, so we are going to do this instinctive response thing. Oh, boy. Right? Um, this is going to be banter. It's going to be back and forth, and we get to ask each other questions. I can tell you, I just, I see one question right now. I automatically, I'm going to ask it to you and I know what you, <laughs> I already know what your answer is going to be. I know this because I know Ed to a certain extent. Ed, you ready? I, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Influential comic book character. Oh, well, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be the Batman. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to say it's the Batman because, uh, He's just a normal guy. He's just rich, but he's also just really, really smart. And there's so many layers to Batman. And and over the years, the comics uh, with movies and cartoons, they've just added the layers of Batman. So now you got to be like, okay, this is from that storyline or this one. But I I, I think that he's, uh, you know, he's super smart. So there's some negative stuff, of course, about Batman. But hey, he figured out how to beat Superman. That's That's just what I'm going to say. <laughs> he all he figures out how to beat everyone 
Yeah. (laughs) And the crazy thing is I knew you were going to answer that because that's also my favorite, most influential comic book character. But mine's kind of like a longer story, but I'm going to shorten it up real quick. When I was a little kid, I got to meet Batman at like some type of comic con type thing. It was in Bangor, Maine at the convention center. Um, And then it just, I don't know. Then the 1960s, it was the 1960s version dressed Batman. And then the 1960s, you know, Adam West, uh, Burt Ward, Batman and Robin. That was like my stuff, man. I loved (laughs) it. And so I think I mentioned it before. And what we talked about the reading, the reading podcast is I couldn't read really well. So comic books were like that gateway for me. They had lots of cool pictures and I was able to kind of put context clues together and then figure out words. And, you know, some of the words I still couldn't figure out, but I always felt like comic books were like, I feel were my, you know, um, motivation to read more, you know, because I enjoyed them. But um, with that, I love Batman so much. I have thousands of Batman comic books in my garage in long boxes right now. <laughs> I've been collecting. I don't currently collect like that, but I've been collecting for years. And uh, I, I I couldn't even guesstimate how much they're worth. Uh, between Batman and those from the show or, or from his universe, uh, Joker, Harley Quinn, what have you, I have 28 Batman-affiliated T- uh, t-shirts <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> to include the one you wore just yesterday on the podcast yeah. that we recorded which actually came out last week yeah no i actually have one now that says uh it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me and it's a batman shirt so yes i definitely uh matter of fact i have a harley quinn magnet right here on my desk <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right, so go, Ed. What's your question? First one. (sighs) Describe yourself as a teenager in three words. Rebellious, know-it-all, and... Know-it-all is more than one word. My bad. (laughs) Rebellious. Goodness, I can't can't think of, like, just one word, like... um, I I don't know, man. Like, because I, I, I want to say know it all, and then also wouldn't listen to anyone, you know, type thing. So, um, so hard headed, hard headed. There you go. That's two right there alone. <laughs> so rebellious, yeah. hard headed, <laughs> and determined. I think those would be it. Oh, determined. Yeah, because I, I was just That's interesting. Determined. Yeah, definitely. I I was determined to kind of make something of myself down the road. You know, it's like nah, I just want something more, but. How about you? What's uh, three words you would describe? Well, teenage Ed. <laughs> this is gonna. This may seem strange to you. Some of these might seem strange to you. Uh, follower, uh, thug, and lost. It would seem strange if I didn't know you, but because I know yeah. you, <laughs> and I talked about your past with you, I. Why don't you explain them? Why those words are so you know key to you as a teenager so they all play together because i didn't know who i was gonna be i didn't know what i wanted to do with myself especially in my later teens and i wasn't a leader in a group so there's a whole group of us that hung out together and i just went with the flow and sometimes that involved i don't know peeling a label off of a squad car while talking to the police officer (laughs) uh and it ended up getting me in a lot of trouble as a teenager. So I, I was a follower. I would never take that stand. I, there was times that I can remember 
thinking this is really stupid. We're going to get in a lot of trouble for this and then doing it. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and I, and I, I thought I was a thug. We all did. We thought we were thugs and, and everybody's, you know, everybody's a thug till they, they end up getting in trouble with the police. And then that changes your tune a lot of times. Um, Oh yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, in our neighborhood, you know, we were just, great guys and, and i still you know i kind of halfway keep in touch with some of them still today but um yeah no there was no leadership i had no leadership at all at the time i just went with the flow because that's what everybody else was doing and yeah definitely lost though i didn't know which way i was going until um i graduated high school late because i got kicked out of school because i thought it was a thug and uh uh, and I joined the military. I joined the military straight out of uh summer school graduation from high school. And I left within months. Like I literally told my recruiter, I don't care what job I get. I just need to leave as fast as I can before I get myself in trouble again. Cause I did realize late at the end, you know, I had the self-awareness that you're not doing a good job of making good decisions. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, at least you, at least you were able to, uh, self reckon, you know, like you had some self, uh, reflection there that we talked about in last week's episode, you know, and to be able to recognize, Hey, I'm going down the wrong pathway. Yeah. You know, let me tell you when it happened. I'll tell you the honest truth of when it happened is I got a letter in the mail that said, Hey, you know, when you had to appear before the court, you forgot something and you need to pick it up. And when I went to pick it up, it was I had missed a court date and they arrested me. And when I sat there and I had just turned 18, so I'm not in the kitty jail. Like they put me in with the big boys. And as I sat there, I was like, yeah, this is not where I'm going. Like I have to figure something else out. So I remember reflecting at that point, you know, like, mm, no, this ain't the path. Heck yeah, man. I mean, that's at least you were able to recognize that, you know, some people don't recognize that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. All right, so my my next question for you. If your house was on fire, what two things would you run back in to get? So are we saying things or are we saying people? Just things. So the people made it out on themselves. The people, the dogs, they made it oh, out okay, on their own. Okay, because you knew I was going to say the general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no. She, she chased it. She actually ran out in front of you. <laughs> so <laughs> wife is out, general's out, two things. Ooh, that's... That's not real easy, actually. That's a little harder than. I... <laughs> yeah, you're you're looking around thinking lamp. No, <laughs> no, I love you, lamp. No, um, well, one thing that I would probably grab would be my my Microsoft Surface because I have a lot of stuff saved on there, school and work, and it would give us a way to communicate. So that probably would be one of the first things, and the other one is kind of silly. Uh, I have a GI Joe Vietnam Memorial wall, uh, commemorative doll action figure and the wall lights up and it's got an image and we got that off a yard sale page. And I, I gotta be honest, I'd probably grab that. And that's, and that's the one it just has a lot of meaning. That's the one with a famous picture of the businessman with his hand and the reflection is his platoon buddies who didn't make it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably grab that. I don't know the name of that that particular because that 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 uh, photo has a name or that that artwork has a name, but it's I mean it's uh, it's like reflection yes. or something because that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's very moving. I, I love that. I love that photo. I always have. 
course, I'm also probably saying it because it's right here beside me, too. So. <laughs> that's what I mean. I love lamp. <laughs> I love lamp. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's an on-the-spot. Like, yeah. That's an on-the-spot question. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and, and if you think about it, most people, are, well, the insurance will cover it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely would have to say um, my two things are – one is my MacBook because everything is saved on there, and I you know I don't want to lose anything, uh, so I would definitely grab that. And two is I just bought my first pair ever, uh, Jordans, and for some reason I'm very I'm very attached to them things right now. Like I keep them clean. Like I've never, and the thing was is I've never owned those types of sneakers ever. I got them like for fifty bucks at a Marshalls, but they still look cool. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, funny because my story. My yeah. story of missing court, I had just bought my first pair of Jordans, so I'm 18, and I get arrested, and I got these Jordans with no laces as I sit in this cell thinking about my life. So that's kind of funny you said the Jordans. Wow. Yeah. Hey, so I, <laughs> what I find fun about, because I, I actually bought them because uh, Quentin, he said, because uh, he had bought a pair of nice ones, and I liked his, and I liked them. I was like, man, those are really nice. And he said, well, you know, my daughter talked me into it. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, she said... Basically, I'm allowed to wear them because I actually saw him play live. All these kids that wear them now, they never <laughs> saw him, so they they really can't wear them. And I'm like, makes sense. And then I saw them at Marshalls, and I'm like, you know what? I'm buying those. You know, they're not that much, they're not that expensive. I'm getting them. So, all right. Oh, wow. next question. Next question. Here we go. Uh, I really don't want this guy to get any airtime who I think you're going to answer with, but you may not. You may go a different route. I have two in mind. Uh, favorite athlete. Favorite athlete? Yeah. You you already know. you. Why did you even ask that? <laughs> I knew you were going to say Peyton Manning. <laughs> I, I. You know what? Our friendship is over. That's it. No. <laughs> you know well it's Tom Brady. No, He's my so, favorite athlete. Being from I, where but, you're from. And your age, yeah. I thought you might say Larry Joe Bird. Um, I'm not. So this is the deal. Basketball is behind football with me. Okay. I enjoy I enjoy football, and I remember seeing you know Tom come in, and then I've watched him over the years as an adult. Now, it I don't know, man, because we just mentioned Jordan earlier. <laughs> I was more of a Jordan fan than I was ever a Larry Bird fan. So it's, but you think about it too. Um, you think about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, your guy, which I, I have a feeling that I'm not gonna. I'll let you answer it, but, but what I'm getting at is, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, they were during a time period where I wasn't really uh, aware of basketball as much. I, you know, what I mean, like I didn't watch games and stuff. And then, you know, in the '90s, that's when I really started, you know, paying attention, and that was Jordan. So it's it's kind of hard to pick that one because I really like Tom Brady first, and then if I say basketball, well, we go to Michael Jordan, but. That's that's it. What do you, what's uh, your favorite athlete is? It is the great Irvin Magic Johnson. I figured so. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of an e it's an easy one for me because one, so the only sports team that I, I am a fan of that is not from Washington D.C. or Maryland is the Lakers. I'm a bandwagon Laker fan from the Magic Johnson era and the way he played basketball. Okay, maybe not on the defensive end, but the way he played basketball as a whole just made me want to play basketball. Like I started playing basketball when I started watching the Lakers. So that's kind of the really? impact. Yeah, I really did because I had just moved to a new neighborhood. We moved to a house from an apartment. 
when we lived in the apartment, I can't remember ever playing basketball except forced at gym. Now, I also had a growth spurt, and I went from about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, to 6'1", over a summer. <laughs> that might have helped, too. Wow. But, yeah, no, Magic Johnson made me become interested in basketball. And then his career, you know, I mean, I was upset when he retired. Yeah, I can imagine, man. Yeah, so definitely Irvin Magic Johnson. Wow. All right. All right, so my next question for you. If you could be on a magazine cover, what would it be? If I could be on a magazine cover. So I answered on the Robert Roof interview. And I answered with uh, one of the history magazines. I'm kind of staying that lane. So if I could be on a magazine for any reason, it would be on the Smithsonian magazine. And it would be for some great research that I conducted into the um, American military history. Really? Yeah. Whether it be something, you know, from a period or a discovery or something. So like very Indiana Jonesy or something, but it would be the Smithsonian magazine. That's, that's cool. I mean, you know what? And the thing is, is you have such a passion for it and you know, I don't know. It just seems like that—that that is right down your lane for sure, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and and I mean, to tell you the truth, you've taught me tons of things about history. I I try to learn all the time. I read. Uh, I, I have so many books I read at one time. You know, like the school book, and then I read a book that's just like, "Hey, I want to read this." And then I'm such a history guy right now that uh, when I read a book for pleasure, it's like. Uh, a, it's a military book, so I'm still reading something. I'm reading a series right now by Rick Atkinson. It's a trilogy, and I'm reading the first book in the trilogy, um, right now. And is this a is this like a, a history trilogy or like an actual story? Yeah, so I'm reading. It's called An Army at Dawn by Rick Atkinson, and it's about the war in North Africa between 1942 and 43 and then there's two other books and they're big and actually an army at dawn was a pulitzer prize winning book really yeah and he's he's a great author too i just finished getting the trilogy because it took me forever to find one of the books so yeah so no uh what about you um well actually it's my goal um it really is my goal to one day be on entrepreneur magazine okay I just, I don't know. I want to be on there and I want to, I just, I don't know. That's like, I don't, once, once I retire, man, I want to kind of be my own boss type thing. And, and, and I, I always hear it's so much work and I'm like, you know what though? I, I want that. That's like, that's what I love. I enjoy that. And I like to, I subscribe to their, uh, their stuff on Facebook and then also their website and stuff. And I, and I like to read the articles and stuff and it just, it motivates me to do more. It's just, I don't know. That's Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Magazine. is uh, That's the one I want to be on. That's a good and one for you. It's not I want to. I will that's be. That's a good one yeah, for you, though. I will be. And the whole being your yeah. own boss, too, like, it really works out. Like, for me, if I if I decided to go that route, it works out because my, my wife actually has a human resources degree, and she's super smart. So, I mean, you know, we could work together. Or I try to get her involved in everything. Normally, on a normal episode of the podcast, I try to get her to come be my fact checker. Uh, so, you know, I like to have her involved. So that would be a good thing to be your own boss, especially, I mean, come on, man, we've been doing this for 20 years. When's the last time you quit? When's the last time you quit a job and you're like, Hey, I'm, I, this isn't for me. I'm going to move on. Uh, uh, never. 
<laughs> right, because we get an assignment, and that's our assignment. You don't like it? Yeah. Yeah, I All right, can't well, stop. in three years you can move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I what I mean? So I can't, I can't stop. I just, it's like one of those things. Like, if I don't achieve it, then I'm just gonna work harder and harder until I do. I don't know. It's just that mindset. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with being driven. Nothing at all. Yeah, and it's funny. You just said that your wife has an HR degree. Yeah. Oh, great! Now we know who are who are the Instinctive Influencers podcast HR is gonna be. <laughs> well, that could be a problem because I think she's told me before she would never hire me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Well, we would do the hiring. Come on. No. All right. All right. So what's your next question, bro? Oh, this is going to be a tough one. I'll, I'll give you a softball. Last fast food meal. Well, that's easy. I know. I know exactly when that was. I just last week it was on. What day was the? Let's see. It was on Tuesday. I did. I did uh, the um, interview with Jim Summers. Um, and summer. I think it's summer. Actually, I think I messed that up. Uh, Jim Summer. And right before I went, I had Chick Fil A. Had the number two spicy chicken sandwich, fries, and uh, lemonade. Loved it. Thanks for rubbing it in. You know, there's no Chick Fil A here. <laughs> of course not. They they barely made it to the north uh, the north uh, states of America so far. They'll be there one day though, because they are a massive business. What about you? What's uh, last fast food you had, brother? So are we counting Subway as fast food? That's the first question. You know, because um, it's healthy ish. You know, but it is, I guess, a quick thing. I, I would consider it fast food because it's in the fast food genre. I would say it's also in the healthy fast food, though, or it's supposed to be. But if you ever look at the sodium in that stuff, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. Uh, so I had Subway this week, and it was because I had a twelve thirty meeting set up that I had to do. So I had a shortened lunch, and it was really something I could just grab quick. And I had the Subway Melt. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Yep, on flatbread. That was the healthy-ish, the healthy side. I got the flatbread, but I had bacon. So wait, is the hell is is the flatbread really the healthy one? Well, so in the states, y'all have uh, whole grain or wheat flatbread. Here, we just have just regular flatbread. It's just less right. breading. Yeah. yeah, it's just less bread. That's why I get it because it's less bread. I try not to eat too much bread now. Yeah, well, you know, hey, the wraps, those 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 tortilla wrap things that they use, those things aren't. I mean, those things have got some. They got some calories to them, bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Even the spinach one, those are good though too. Oh yeah, F- absolutely. Oh. <laughs> All right. Next question is most influential musical band. Woo. So I'm actually, I talked to you, I'm doing an episode uh, about music with my wife eventually. Uh, This is tough because it depends on what you're doing. Um, In the gym, Metallica. Metallica, and I know it's a kind of like, oh yeah, that's what everybody says. But then recently I went back to my roots. So in Maryland, D.C. area, we have our own music. Um, and, and it never has really gone mainstream. There's a few songs people know, but it really never went mainstream. And I looked it up on Apple and found a, a playlist and I played it. And man, that thing, it gets me going in the gym. Cause it's like funk with some Congos mixed with a little bit of hip hop into it. It's called go, go music and, <laughs> uh, go, go music gets me fired, up, fired up. But then some mornings, you know, I just, I have to have a little pink 
playing through the stereo. Wow. Definitely. <laughs> so I'm all, I'm kind of all over the place, man. Um, so it depends upon, it definitely depends upon your activity, huh? Activity, my current mood, like it, it now music to me, music can influence you in so many ways. Oh yeah. I'm kind of all over the place. I don't have a specific, just one single band. What about you? Um, Michael Jackson thriller. Oh, you went a, a single album. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. A song. Michael oh, Jackson. Just the song. I just, it, something about that song sticks with me so much. I remember as a kid, my brother will remember this. And then my sister's aunt, um, they'll remember it because we would stay the night at their house and they played, they would play the thriller, uh, music video back then. And that, I mean, that's a long time ago. You know, if you remember correctly, I do and remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember standing in front of the TV, trying to mimic his moves as a little kid. Um, I wanted a pair of those pants, you know, uh, I guess they called them parachute pants at the time or something. Yeah. I, I had not remember. Um, <laughs> I wanted the glove. I wanted the, ha- I wanted all that stuff. I just loved it. And I can still like, Still to this day, I'll, I mean, my wife will tell you, I'll put on a little Michael Jackson in the truck while we're riding. Now, is that my go-to for everything like you? No. If I'm working out, I usually listen to something that's pretty, uh, uh, up, uh, the beat is rather harder and it's usually, uh, like rap or something. Um, sometimes I like to slip, switch over and go to a little five finger death punch type situation because I just like to, I like aggression when I'm working out. I, it has to be aggressive because if it's not, it's like I'm able to focus with aggression. If it's not aggressive, then I, some reason I lose total like energy or focus. Yeah. If I'm in an office setting, I literally have a playlist. When I go to Google, I pull up its, um, its scores from movies and it's just the background music, you know, but it's like, like that, like, uh, like, scenes where it's like dun, 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 you know like craziness I like those. <laughs> so it just depends upon it's what i have to do but michael jackson thriller most influential um that i can remember and it's really what got me wanting like you just want to dance you know like when you're a kid you don't know how to dance like that made me want like the beat the sound everything so yeah okay love michael jackson thriller uh yeah no that's that's a great. My wife loves Michael Jackson, but that was a great album, and I actually remember like you mimicking dance moves and pouring Elmer's glue all over a glove and sprinkling it with glitter to try to make my own glove. You did not. Yeah, I tried to make. Did my you own really? Glove. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a family project to my house now that I make. That's how you do <laughs> Everybody, it. I let's make Michael that. Jackson. Let's make Michael Jackson <laughs> gloves. Yeah. No. Uh. <laughs> my yeah, kids will be like, who? <laughs> no come on they gotta know they hear it in the truck they probably sing it <laughs> listen listen if if it's not like i don't know it's funny like they i have a playlist on my phone that i built just for them ethan he's all day imagine dragons loves them he could like that's all he, he always asks for imagine dragons eva oh man she can sing everything like she she picks up music really fast i i hope she becomes a musician she's a lefty so she probably will oh that's cool too Lefty, yeah, she could just yeah. play upside down. Absolutely, she could play guitar upside down. I believe there's there a famous guy who did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. No. No. No easy ones. All Come right. On. No easy ones. We're, we've been a little lighthearted so far. We're gonna we're gonna get serious on this next one. Let's talk about a time you wanted to quit but you didn't. Two thousand one. I did the Music City Marathon. 
And that was, I wanted to quit in 2000. That was, that would have been, I think, April 2001. Or no, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. April 2002. I wanted to, I, I trained for it and I wanted to quit. But uh, I'll tell you, that was like getting down because that was the first time I ever ran that far. It was a half a marathon, not a full. Um, and, you know, it's 13.1 miles. Uh, I would definitely say I hit about the 10 mile mark and I was just like, why did I do this? <laughs> and I wanted to quit so bad, but it was just other people around. It encouraged me. I had left everybody else, like all my buddies, I passed them up because we all did it as a group. We actually convinced our platoon sergeant to let us do a, this 10 week train up for it. And, uh, so every day for PT, we did training towards the half marathon and he allowed it. And, uh, it was a whole group of us. We all, and the funny thing is we got to um, run in it for free. They actually, uh, we were sponsored by a local uh, organization here in town. I don't even remember who it was, but they all, they all paid our entry fee. But I don't, th- I don't think they paid the full price because we were veterans and we went and ran it and I just took off. And I mean, I, I definitely felt the wall at one point, but then I just kept going. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Once I finished though, it was like, they, when they say a runner's high, like even once you finish something like that and you've accomplished it, you just feel like you're on top of the world. And I was, I was so glad I didn't stop. I did not stop running. I, I purposely tell myself, I don't care how slow I get, I will not walk. And I, I actually didn't. I think I held a pretty fast pace the entire time because I was, I was young. Man. I could, <laughs> you know, I felt like I could do anything back then. You know, goodness, that's 2002. You think that was 16 years ago? Yeah. You know, I'm 30 something. I'm, I'm in my late 30s, about to hit 40 soon. <sighs> yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, a good one. How about you? How uh, about you, man? Man, I was sitting here while you were talking, thinking about ones and. I know she's going to listen and I'm going to give my wife the credit for helping me not quit. But early in my career, I had, you know, I I went through some difficult times with the NCO that I worked for and the yelling and the screaming and the carrying on. And, um, I remember he, he walked me to the admin section. We'll say admin section. And he grabbed my promotion packet and he ripped it up in front of my face. and was like, you won't be going to no promotion boards. And I said, okay, like, okay, uh, you got no reason. So I'd like to see your boss. Like, and I was so frustrated working with this guy and on deployment with this guy that I was like, I'm getting out. I'm done with this nonsense. Like I'm getting out the army. And that's the first time I tried to get out. My wife talked to me. She's like, no, you're not getting out the army. And here's why. And she made it make sense. So she, she talked to me and made me basically calm down, take a step back. Um, and then, you know, a few years later, I'm looking at, I'm a sergeant and I'm not getting promoted to staff sergeant. And I'm like, I'm not retiring as a sergeant. I'm just not, that's ridiculous. Uh, like 20 years and you only made sergeant. So I was going to get out again. And I was at like, you know, I was over 10 years. Like I was more than halfway through. And this guy, Patrick Arrigo was retiring and he pulled me aside and he said to me, I want you to know that the retirement check comes every month faithfully and there's no rank on it. And that really res it resonated with me. I reenlisted like the next week, like it really. So that's twice I tried to get out. And then this last promotion, I told my wife, you know, I need you to tell me what I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. And she's like, 
you wake up every day and you enjoy going to work. It's not time yet. So I've tried to get out three times. I've tried to quit the military and I didn't. And I'm thankful that I did not. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. That's, just, yeah, that's so, great. All right. So, yeah, so yeah. Next question. You'll have to edit that out. <laughs> I was crying. Was You'll that? have to edit that out. <laughs> no. Where are you crying? You better stop, stop crying. Don't do that. No, I'm not editing anything out of this one. This oh. one's going straight, straight to the audience, man. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Oh, that's easy. That is so easy. How? Uh, Patrick Arrigo. <laughs> What? I was getting out the army when he told me that check comes and there's no rank on the check. So just that. Oh, okay. So, wow. So that one actually, yeah, that that one one actually really fits. Like, um, but you know, I've, I've had, you know, it seems really like, uh, you know, like, Oh, of course he would say that, but I've had some great leaders through my career, uh, to tell me, that don't let the bad leaders chase me away from what I was wanted to do. And uh, Tyrone Hamlin comes to mind. He's one of them that I had. And he, he definitely was very much like, yeah, I got it. That dude's terrible, but don't let them take away your career because they're terrible. And that's kind of been a thing. And I, I'll tell soldiers, sometimes they'll get mad at somebody and they'll be, Oh, I'm so sick of him. And, and I'll be like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, just continue on. How can you fix it? Whatever. And they'll be like, oh, well, I'm getting out the army. That's why I'm getting out. Oh, so you're a puppet. And that person is pulling your strings because they made you mad and they're making you do what they want you to do. No, I'm nobody's puppet. Well, you're responding to how they act instead of trying to figure a way around it. So, yeah, you're a puppet. So that was one of the things like bad leaders are bad leaders, but you cannot like you got to look at your end state and keep driving towards what you want. And things are going to happen along the way that you're not going to like. And you figure a way around it or a way to, you know, correct it and you keep it moving. So that was solid advice that Tyrone Hamley gave me. And there's some other leaders that have given me that too. That's awesome, man. That's, that's good stuff. All right. So I will tell you, I can answer mine right off the bat. Um, so mine was from a ch- my childhood. So I, I have a hard time remembering the exact person who said it. I just remember and it's stuck with me forever since. Um, it was either my great-grandmother, Eva Collins, who my daughter is named after, or it was my grandmother, Susie Collins. It was one of those two. I can't remember who it was um, off the top of my head, but they basically told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. And... Ever since then, that's resonated with me. Um, and I want to say I was I was acting like my son once, because like, he'll say, oh, I can't do this. And I think I, I want to say that's what was going on. And the reply back was, you can do whatever you want to do. And it, it's the thought of, wait a second. If I really want to do this, then I should be able to do it. Now, I you know when I was in high school, I really wanted to be a football player. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But my physical abilities limited me to a certain extent. I, I was a football player then, but then I came to the idea of, well, you know what? That's not what I want for life. So, you know, we move on, we do other things. So it's just, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it. Whatever you want in life, you should be able to achieve it. I, I just, I don't know. That's something that resonates and it constantly, like every time I have like some, like a little self-doubt at all, I whatever I want to do, I can do it, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's, I mean, it's true. You can, you know, 
you can do whatever you want as a person. It's just having that drive and, and figuring things out and, and being, I say being hungry, being, having drive, same kind of, um, same kind of idea though. That is yeah. true. Yeah, no. And, and then being hungry is yes, important. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent point. Next question, bro. Oh, it's my turn. Yep. All right. What is your favorite thing in your closet right now? Um, my favorite thing in my closet right now. I already said it. My my Jordans that I bought the other day uh, <laughs> for, 50, for fifty bucks. I got them on sale. And then, matter of fact, the movers, right? So the movers come to get my stuff um, be, to send to Korea, and they're sitting there. And the guy looks at me. No joke. He was a little younger. He says to me, "Hey, your son's got some really good taste." Which ones are those? And I'm like, those aren't my sons, buddy. Those are mine. <laughs> so it kind of made me, at a second, I felt old for two seconds. And then I was like, no, wait a second. Those are mine. I saw Michael Jordan play multiple times. Those are my bad boys. So, all right. So you, favorite thing? <laughs> oh, this is closet. an easy one, too. This is an easy yeah. one. Yeah, in my closet. And I have a couple of different uh, variations of this, but I have a... 2018 NHL World Champion Washington Capitals jersey um, sweatshirt. I have my sweatshirt. I have my long sleeve shirt. I got T-shirts because listen, that team's been in existence since 1974. They've been one of the best teams in hockey for probably the last ten years, <laughs> and they could not break through. And they finally broke that that glass ceiling and won the championship. And I'm pretty sure my wife spent about $250 on NHL.com that night. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I yeah. love that sweatshirt. It's always good to have a little pride in your team and be able to support them, you know? Well, in Washington, we don't win very often either, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's kind of funny you talk about a sporting, something sporting-wise, and, and I, I mentioned football earlier, and um, – I was literally this morning, right? Uh, I just, I, I was just getting ready to work out and I was trying to grab some workout clothes and on my shelf in there, it was a pair of shorts. And then just above it was a sweatshirt. The shorts and this sweatshirt I've had since I was a senior in high school and it's my football shorts <laughs> and my football sweatshirt. Like you could, you had to order it and all that. They weren't cheap either. And I've had them ever since my wife, she'll grab that sweatshirt every once in a while. Cause she gets cold and she wants to wear something baggy or whatever. But uh, I was actually going to put a picture. I still may do it. I'll probably put a picture online, like as a shout out to all my old high school buddies and stuff. They'll remember it because we all had, you know, everybody had the shorts because that was part of the uniform you'd get oh, you'd yeah. have to wear. And then the sweatshirt, sweatshirt, you know, you had to, you know, I had to save up money to get that. But yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. You know, support the Capitals, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got pictures around here. We went to the NHL Hall of Fame in Toronto this summer. And I, I couldn't find any Washington Capitals memorabilia. And I went up to the lady and I said, uh, I got a question. She's like, sure. I said, I want to know why you're disrespecting your Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, what it was oh, is funny. as fast as it was coming in, it was going out. So I ended up finding like a picture of Alexander uh, Ovechkin. And I found a picture of uh, Kuznetsov. Two Russian guys, one holding a cup and one taking a shot. So I got those, and but we had a great time. I just was, I felt disrespected because they didn't have a whole lot of stuff you could choose from. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. All right, next question from you, bro. Here what we go. Got? Let's see. Oh, this could be interesting. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet yeah. peeve. 
being on time. Oh, it, it's, it has to be on, being on time. Okay. Drives me crazy when people are not on time. I'm sorry to laugh, it's but just, I got to tell you why, why I'm laughing, and it will let you finish. All right, this is why I'm laughing. I remember we were having these little formations <laughs> because people – People have problems being on time, right? Right. And I remember one day you were out there and we were standing there and you were like giving us the business about the importance of being on time and stuff. And as you're doing it, one of the other fellow cadre members drives up behind you and parks beside the formation late while you're lecturing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember. And it was funny. Because we're all watching this guy drive up behind you as you're giving us the business about the importance of timeliness. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. No, hey, that I remember exactly who it was too. I, I, to this day, yeah. I remember watching that red car pull up. So I know yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now it's just man, it's just one of those things. It's it to me if if you plan correctly, you can be on time. Now I, I got it. Things happen. You know, emergencies happen. You know, you could be driving down the road and an accident happens and you got to stop or whatever. I got those things. That, that's understandable. But just when people are not on time for things or they don't plan for it to be early enough, just in case, you know, like if you, let's say you had an interview. If you have an interview with a job, why wouldn't you be 15 minutes early? I mean, that to me, that oh, shows yeah, punctu- punctuality, you know, I mean, just, just show up. So that's definitely my pet peeve. Um, my biggest one, I have many, but that's my biggest one. How about you? What's your biggest pet peeve? I'm like you. I have a few. Um, I don't know if it's bigger than the other, but one one of them is just whining. Mm. Whining and crying from adults. I'm not talking about ch- excuse me. I'm not talking about a child who wants a scoop of ice cream. I'm not talking about a child who fell down. I'm talking about grown adults crying and complaining especially when that becomes a characteristic of that person that that is just out of control to me and then if you're going to whine and complain that's okay if you're coming with a solution you know a, a lot of guys or girls they, they they complain about something and you say okay well how do we fix it well i don't know okay then go away like i don't <laughs> if you're not gonna <laughs> you're part of the problem right now like so yeah i've always had a, a issue with that yeah, that, that falls in that uh, that that uh, thing I used to talk about with uh, the problem monkey. You're gonna you're gonna come and whine about something. <laughs> you basically bring your problem monkey to my my desk, and you're gonna let it, the problem monkey make a make a mess of it and try to eat my sweat, <laughs> my banana solutions. Well, I always tell people, hey, take your problem monkey back to your office, feed him your solution bananas, and if he doesn't like them, then we'll try mine later. But first, feed him yours. So I've never heard you talk about problem monkey and. For some reason, really? I got a cartoon image in my head now. Oh, it sticks in my brain. But it makes you really haven't of all this time. <laughs> no, yeah, wow. That makes me feel wow. good. That means I wasn't one of those coming with my problem monkeys. <laughs> well, no, I, well, it's funny because I, well, you're probably, it's probably, you're probably right. I, I would definitely <laughs> say you're right. That's why. Yeah, you're yeah, thinking that some of the people I worked with were bringing problem monkeys. <laughs> yes, the problem monkey is rampant. Um, all right. If you could be from any other decade or era, which would it be? Well, that's that's it's a very strange one. Um, because of my military history interests, I would have liked to have been around from that era from around 1900 to uh, say 1950 ish. 
Like I'd have liked to have been around for the world wars, but I'd like to have been of age to fight in them and survive. Not, uh, not, you know, die, but I, I just, all the research I do, I have such a respect for the people who fought in those two conflicts and I, I, all soldiers I have a respect for, but I mean, world war one was suicide. Like you knew you were going to, you knew you were going to die as soon as you climbed out of that trench. Like the odds were just astronomical that you were going to survive. So yeah, no, those eras and the significance of its place in history still, uh, I think I'd like to have lived through that time period. Wow. That's, that's pretty deep, man. I mean, and, and the way you associate it too is like, cause you, you know, you're full on soldier all the time. It seems like in history, especially military history is your, your baby. So I could see, I could definitely see that because a lot happened from 19, basically 1900 to 1950. Yeah. But it's funny you brought, it's funny you brought up 1950. I would like to have been an adult during the 1950s. Just something about that era. Um, when I did the interview with Jimmy Summer, uh, he said that also. And he's like, well, you know, I watch Mad Men. And it's just something about that. <laughs> I watch Mad Men also. But it's, it is. It's just something about that era, 1950 to 1959. I don't know. It's just something that I gravitate towards it. it I don't know. It just – I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't like, like, say, for instance, the way certain people like, – the race. I didn't like how they had all the race issues. I didn't like how they had all the uh, women equality issues. You know, like I, I believe every race is equal. Every gender is equal, no matter what. It's just, I didn't like that stuff, but it's just something about like, it seems like the elegance. I don't know. I mean, it's the 1950s, man. I've always been attracted to I'm it. I'm going to tell you, there's a documentary series on Netflix and it, each one is its own decade. There's one for each decade. And I think it's, it may start in the 60s. Yeah. But um, it does. even the 70s, as weird as the 70s were, like there's a lot of interesting stuff for music. The 70s was a big time for music right up until disco. And then <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's arrows that just have their little their little things. But like for me, I read the book, uh, The Dead and Those About to Die. It's uh, by a guy named John McManus. And it's basically the Omaha Beach landings on D-Day of the Big Red One first infantry division and and i was putting my like when i read it i got the way he wrote it i was so into it that it was like you could smell the salt water reading it you know what i mean and i was like i wonder like what was it like what made them keep fighting what was their why they just keep pushing it keep pushing it and i think that's why that's the era that i would most like to go back to vietnam was i it was too much other stuff i'd have been really mad if i came out of vietnam and realized how much political like shadiness there was that made me have to go there. So, I mean, all of them have it, but just it's something about world war one, world war two that really stand out to me. Wow. That's just, that's awesome though. You know, it's crazy. Um, it's funny that you said about, you said something about the seventies. I always like to say this. I always feel like the seventies were the hardest time in my life. I was born in 79. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest time uh yeah yeah the hardest yeah the hardest year of my life you had to cry to get fed you know (laughs) i was whining you wouldn't like me then i was whining all the time (laughs) well some of us was uh pushing double figures at the end of the 70s already so (laughs) oh we're getting close all right so what's so speaking of what's your next question speaking of the 70s go ahead uh what's an influential childhood memory you have influential childhood memory um 
When I was younger, I would say I was eight or nine years old. I think it was, I think it was not eight. I was seven or eight, somewhere in there, seven, eight or nine. I can't remember the exactly age. I just remember this going on. I lived with my grampy George and my uh, grandma, my Grammy, uh, Susie Collins, Gr- George Collins and Susie Collins, my grandpa and grandma. They lived in Enfield, Maine. Um, actually, we used to listen to our students talk about uh, a guy that uh, was from Enfield, Maine, um, but they were from up there and he worked in a paper mill. Um, she was, she did, she was a bus driver for years. Um, my uncle Michael, he was there too. And it was just, I got to live with them for, a, it was a, it's quite a few months. Um, I went to school up there and everything with them and Alf was really big back then. Do you remember Alf? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Alf. I was like a huge, I was like an Alf super fan. Um, and for that Christmas that I was there with them, uh, I actually got a huge plush Alf and I carried him everywhere with me. Um, and I also remember the first time I saw Harry and the Hendersons was at their home during that same time. So now I'm going to look up when Harry and Hendersons came out because it was somewhere around that time. But, uh, yeah, it's just living with them and the love they show me. And it's just, I don't know, I just, I enjoyed still to this day, my man, uh, coffee brewing in the morning. When I smell coffee in the morning, it reminds me coming down their stairs and going in towards the kitchen area. They had a beautiful home. Go into the kitchen, and my grandfather would be there. Uh, he usually making eggs and bacon, and then I'd smell the co- The coffee is what stuck out the most, though. And I just, man, oh, that was probably the most influential childhood memory. Um, and I always respected uh, my Grampy George. I always did because he was just – he was a hard working man who loved his family and it's just he was an amazing person. Um, so I'll always cherish that time in my life. How about you, my man? Most influential childhood memory. All right. Most influential childhood memory starts with my delinquency again. And I got kicked out of I got kicked out of school. And as a result, I went to live with my uncle, uh, David. And my uncle David owned a home improvement company at the time. And I went down there, like I'm, I'm in my teens and uh, I started working with him and just the, like he was doing a project and, and, you know, and then he had my uncle Mike would come out and did the brick cause he did brick work, but like doing kitchen cabinets. And I mean, he made me for somebody who was 16, he made me do wiring. Like I was doing wiring in the house and all this other stuff, drywall. And like, he worked me to the, like I would come home uh, back to his place at night, eat dinner, shower and pass out. Like he was working me to death, but I learned that um, it, that's what it takes. Sometimes some people have to work really hard for a buck and other people do not. So he taught me a lesson about, you know, the value behind hard work. And I made good money with him, especially being 16. Like I made really good money. Like we're talking $20 an hour in the eighties, eighties. Yeah. Eighties. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it just, it made me appreciate the hard work, but it also made me yearn to go back to school. <laughs> and when I got allowed to go back to school, I, uh, I made honor roll like the first two, quarters i was back in school because i was like yeah i'm not going back to work like that (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome though man wow yeah but i learned some skills like i could still do some of that stuff if i needed to yeah 
So uh, where was the location again that you were doing all this? Uh, so he, he lived in Woodbridge, Virginia, which is right over the Virginia state line from Maryland. The project we were working on, I believe we were in D.C. So anybody that lives in the D.C. area, if uh, you possibly had a 16-year-old um, work on your house <laughs> and there's the, the place isn't up to codes, you know who did it. Mm. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's definitely that's a that's good man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh next one. Most influential movie. <sighs> Most influential movie. The real Star Wars trilogy. So 4, 5, 6. There's there's only 3 movies. <laughs> Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And the reason I say that is one, so I've talked about my cousin Matthew on the uh, People of Influence episode, and I went and seen all those with him. So that was a big thing for me and another great childhood memory. But so if you really think about it, you see a lot of leadership in those movies and we recognize it now. But I mean, you didn't recognize as much then. But they, they, the, you know, I mean, basic Star Wars lessons, right? Right and wrong, good and bad, light and dark. So, um, those movies were awesome, and they, and they, they made me want to be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you still aren't a Jedi yet, man. You really work hard for that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, it's been so long since there's been a good Star Wars movie. So, oh, <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess opinions vary, right? Oh, no, it's not an opinion. That's fact. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say up until up until the movie Rocky Balboa came out, because that is that is like like Rocky Balboa, the most recent one where he was older and whatnot. And, you know, he has that that conversation with his son in the street, you know, and he's talking about how life will knock you down, all that stuff. Up until that movie, it was Rocky one. Rocky one was been the most influential movie period in my life i've taught i talked about you know when we talked about that you just mentioned also you talked about your cousin and that was uh the gimme five episode where we each came up with five and i said the rocky series was one well rocky one the very first one that was the most influential and i mean goodness it was it came out before i was born and so i've known it my whole life and then rocky balboa came out so now i'm like you know rocky's still there but rocky balboa that one is i mean it's just it's a whole new level for me because it's it's an aged Rocky, different different types of obstacles he's trying to overcome, and then it's just and how he went about it. You know, that's just that's the mentality I like to keep, and he's amazing. So. Well, that works too because you're an aged Brian too. So, <laughs> I really appreciate you putting up my personal business. <laughs> All right, so next question, old man. You know, I want to stick with the movies. So who who would play Brian in a movie of your life? That's easy. Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm from, talking about, right? From the USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. people often say he looks like me. He looks like you? I don't look like oh, him. Okay. I don't look like him. He looks like me. Okay. I think I think we're about we're about the same age actually. But yeah, Forrest Griffin, <laughs> um that's who I would select um if there was a comic or a, or a cartoon character, I would say the Mad Magazine guy. That is 100% accurate. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would agree it's with just, you. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things. Uh, before Griffin, um, and I, I like the guy. And it's, 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those people that loves people who really work hard and just like go get after it. And, you know, I wish because they had um, I don't know if you remember some time back where they had the the UFC fight in our hangar over there um, here on Fort Campbell. Yep, I do. And he well, he was here. And a buddy of mine, Daniel Proc, he actually got to go have dinner with him, him and Dana White. And I was like, man, I wish I could have got to do that. Um, because I know Mr. Brock, too. Yeah, I wish I would have got to a chance to – I just want to shake his hand and say, hello, how are you? And isn't it funny how you look just like me? <laughs> <laughs> so, so who would play the Edward Haley? You ready? All right. Give it. It's changed a little bit since I've grown my hair. Andre the Giant. No. No. Okay, never mind. No. Glenn Jacobs, the mayor of Knox, Tennessee, of Knox County, Tennessee. Do you know who I'm talking about? I know who he is. Kane. Kane from the WWE. Yeah. I don't know how. When I had my head shaved, and and it's like, I'm pretty sure this is an insult. I had a student when I was teaching there with you, and she's like, sorry, can I tell you something without getting in trouble? And I was like, yeah, go ahead. You know you like Kane from wrestling? I was like, all right, got me. And then the next week, she's like, hey, I seen you on SmackDown. <laughs> it was when I had my I, head shaved. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree with her. I, I do believe you, too. It's either that or the actor who played Vigor in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yes. I have uh, my photo at the Academy was very much Vigor. <laughs> yeah. You look just like I, I, I wait for you to come out of the photo, you know? <laughs> yeah, but hey, Glenn Jacobs, I don't think is a terrible thing. Look what he's done with himself. So he's a WWE superstar. Made tons of money doing that. And then, I mean, he entered politics and successfully, you know, he won He won and became the mayor of Knox uh, County, Tennessee. And he does kind of wrestle on the side here and there, just probably if they're in Nashville, he'll make an appearance. But, I mean, you know, The Rock made a big jump that everybody can see from wrestling, right? But this guy made a, he made a pretty good jump. So hopefully he does a good job down there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's it, man. Definitely. All right. Um, next question for you is what's your favorite app right now? It can be on your phone or tablet, but it's an app, man. I, uh, Hmm. What am I on the most? That's a, that's interesting. I'm trying to think. Cause I really don't, I don't app. I really don't app very much. Um, well, in the gym. So I do use an app every single day, pretty much. Uh, in the gym, I use the uh, Gym Stepani app to track my workouts. Um, okay. Yeah, he is a uh, he's a he's a like a workout guru. He's got a PhD and he puts out uh, supplements and stuff. But I I use his app because it allows you to track your weights, your reps. It gives you exercises to choose from. It's got a calendar. It'll give you reminders. Hey, you got to work out today. So. It's a very useful app. Is it called Jim Stepani or? Uh, yes, that's how you would search it. Other than that, really, only other app I use a lot is whatever I listen to my uh, podcast on. And I'm trying oh. to think which one it is, but I I listen to a lot of podcasts. But app wise, like I really don't play games because I have a very addictive personality. And I know I'll be the one that gets carried away. And I've been known to play an app and then spend real money. So. Yeah. Oh, no, really? I, I, yeah. So I can't do that. And then um, since iTunes put this tracker on your phone, it tells you how much time you spend. I am very aware of how much time I spend on social media. And now if I get on social media, it's generally for the show. Uh, I get on 
on my phone. I'll get on on, on my Surface, but if I'm on, on my phone, it's generally to look and see if fans have posted anything, if anybody's made comments on the show or anything like that. Wow. Hey, that's yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, and, you know, it's funny because it's like you associate it to it, you know? Um, I would definitely say that, like, I'm kind of like you with the, the – I don't play a lot of games anymore. I used to, you know? Like, I would sit there, especially if I went to the bathroom, I'd, I'd be on a game or something. <laughs> now I'm constantly reading stuff about different things. Um, it's this show. I would say my <laughs> – what's that? It's this show. This show makes us do research on the can oh. instead of killing aliens. <laughs> I am, I am like, I'm always knee deep in something that's dealing, either dealing with this show or future endeavors that we're going to, we're going to be rolling out down the road. But, um, but my favorite app is very much like yours. It's dealing with workout. It's my Strava app. I love Strava and I'm addicted to our Peloton. So, and just riding in general. Interesting. I'm always like trying to, okay, how many more miles, how many more miles can I get? And can I up my miles for that? You know, I'm trying to, I don't know. It's just, I love the Strava app. That thing's awesome. I'm, and then what you can do with it off of it. I might have to make an instinctive influencers group on Strava. Oh, you, you can make groups. Can't, we we can't can you? do that. Yep. Huh. Yeah. That would be interesting. Especially after we had our, uh, after we had our fitness episode. I mean, that would work out pretty well, right? Yeah. Where we can help monitor each other and help each other out. Yep. I like that. Yeah, definitely cool, man. I like that idea. That's we'll, we'll, Hey, we'll be working on that very soon, audience. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> probably It'll probably be done before this episode comes out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, Strava app's my favorite. But, you know, like you, I listen. I like to listen on Google Podcast. I like to listen to my shows on there. So, you know, whether it be Jocko's show or if it's the Team Never Quit show or if it's, you know, Pat Flynn's uh, passive, Smart Passive Income show, or if it's the podcasting one, or it's our show, because I listen, I, I mean, I, when our show comes out, I listen to it, you know, because I like to, you know, like relive that and, and go back to what we were doing and talk about to make sure I'm still following some of the things. But but yeah, man, um, definitely Strava. And then you said the gym app. It's funny, we both pick workout apps. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the best ones I've ever used was Jim Stepani, so... Well, actually, while we were sitting here, um, as you were talking, I was downloading it. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> I want to see what it's all about. There's a lot of uh, workouts on there, and, and it's for what you want. Do you want to get, you know, do you want to cut? Do you want to get bulky? It, it, he's got workouts geared towards it, and then you can change your workout because, you know, they tell you don't do the same thing all the time. He's got high-intensity workouts. It's, it's actually really good. And then you can go to the website, too. So Nice, man. Nice. Yeah. All right, so next question from you, bro, man. All right, next question. I'm going to save that one. Uh, hardest physical event you've ever participated in? Uh, ran a half marathon in Kandahar, um, Afghanistan. Was that this last deployment? Uh, no, Kandahar was would have been two deployments ago. That would have been. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, was I, it a shadow race of any kind? A what? A shadow race, you know, they like they did the Boston Marathon in Bagram, and it sh- as a shadow race to the real Boston Marathon. Yeah, it was the Air Force Marathon one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they didn't technically us, you ran. Yeah, yeah, they didn't offer us a full marathon. They can only offer us a half marathon, and but I'm telling you, it was because I trained up for it, and uh, I would run to work every day. I would say, Hey, I'd give my bag of equipment or whatever to somebody. And then I would run to work 
every morning, you know, and I, sometimes I would run to work back and then back to work, you know, just to get in the miles for a buildup. But, <laughs> but then, uh, I went on leave while I was on leave. I kept running. Um, I visited a masseuse because my legs were just all messed up. And then when I got back, I had one more week to, you know, to keep it up. So when I got back, I, I just did what I had to do to train up and then I ran it. And I'll tell you, it was it just, it got so hot. I mean, it was, it was one of those times where I was like, wow, I really pushed some limits here, but I felt <laughs> great. I felt amazing. It was just so tough. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember, physical. Oh, I yeah. remember we, they ran the Boston and Bagram when we were there and, uh, Sergeant Wilson, Bubby got up and went and did the Boston with no training. He just got up and went and ran it. Like, Really regretted it. He finished. He finished all 26.2 uh, miles, but he regretted it for weeks after that. <laughs> no, yeah. I, we had uh, we had a group of three guys in Bravo Company did the same thing. They were just like, hey, hey I'm going to go run it. And they did the full <laughs> one because I guess they had the full and then a half there. Yeah. He did the, they did the full one. And I mean, but don't get, don't get me wrong. All three of those guys were like running beasts. You know what I mean? They didn't have, they, they were, they had the body for it. So yeah, well, Bubby was forty two. <laughs> oh wow! With no training, yeah. so yeah, that's um, insane. I think mine would be, and I talked about the uh, the Memorial Rup for Mission Twenty Two in Lexington last year. Uh, twenty twenty two miles, and I, I made the same mistake. You know, talking about Bubby, I really didn't do a lot of of ruck marching or road marching in preparation probably didn't go over six miles in preparation and it was a horrible mistake for me. Now they did a lot of frequent stops because it wasn't just soldiers, you know, you had civilians and stuff, which to me, sort of frequent stops make it worse, right? Because you stop for 30 minutes and then your muscles are like, Oh, that's it. And then the recovery starts and now the stiffness starts setting in and then you're up and you're moving again. And, and it took, I can't remember now. I think it was like 12 hours or something ridiculous to do 22 miles. It was long. And and, and that could have fell into my time I wanted to quit. I really was like, wow. But they had American flags every mile, and you pick them up as a group. And I think every time I felt like I wanted to quit, it would be like, oh, there's an American flag. And the flag represented uh, veteran suicide numbers you know the daily average and i was like nope gotta keep going gotta keep going raising awareness walking through lexington kentucky and uh it, it was trying my bruises or my uh blisters had blisters and then bruises under those my feet i did not walk right for two weeks like <laughs> it was pretty bad yeah i mean so is and is that the farthest you've ever walked uh yeah yeah as far as i think i've ever well yeah i think it's first i've ever walked Hmm. Okay. I, I yeah. mean, it. I don't. I don't think I've ever walked that far. I don't know. I really can't yeah, tell no, you. We, I've never done a. Oh, you know what? I, I'm. I'm wrong. I think we do a 25 miler in basic training at Fort Benning because I'm at. I was at the home of the infantry, and I want to say it was like 20 something miles, but I. I don't remember exactly. But you were so, much. Younger. I would say it was. You were much younger oh, than yeah. you are now. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, 45 year old 22 miles the math is bad man the math is bad <laughs> yeah I, I mean but i'm proud of you did it man and then and then the fact that you could bring back all that information and then we shared it on that that uh suicide podcast episode four um i mean that was just you know it was 
I still go and look at some of the pictures of the uh, the silhouettes that we talk about just because, yeah. I don't know, I like that reminder, man. I mean, I don't like the fact of w- what it represents. I don't like, but I do at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like suicide, but I like the fact that somebody is trying to make an active, conscious awareness of something so important. So, Yeah, we're not just trying to ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean... That that event was trying, but the meaning behind it was amazing. And I felt so great about it after I just it was pain. And you know what? Pain is temporary. I wasn't hurt. It was just getting over the pain and eventually that'll go away. And hey, if it doesn't, I got free health care. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. All right. So next question for you. Best gift you've ever received. All right. So there's two, and these are pretty recent from my uh, you know, on the Christmas one, I talked about the basketball court, so we're not going to go into that one. But recently, my wife and I, uh, and she'll agree, the two best gifts that she's given me is my Microsoft Surface because my laptop was about to, you know, take a take a nosedive, and um, with school and everything, and the Surface and the convenience of it, so that was a good one. And with us coming to Europe, she brought me a GoPro. And uh, excellent, excellent purchase. The GoPro camera, she got me a thing, and she got me all the bells and whistles to go with it, all the little tripods, selfie sticks. And as we're traveling and we're visiting castles and doing all this stuff, um, it has really been nice to get those memories and those pictures. And I have a mount on my handlebars of my bike. I just haven't been able to use it yet. But um, those were probably two of the best gifts that I've gotten recently from my wife. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, How about you? you know, and, and, oh, go well, ahead. And, and I want to hit before you go there. Um, uh, it's funny you got a GoPro, and then it just it convinced me to get GoPro too because <laughs> I loved what it was. It, it you know you can use your voice and tell to take a picture and everything. So and really tell you the truth. I've been trying to look at and figure out how to use that to actually do um, video podcasts or vodcast they call it. So whenever we're actually recording. I want to also video record it. And so that way we can also release that on YouTube at some point. So it's just, Hmm. you know, but, um, my gift. So I would, it's, this is, um, I would definitely have to say, uh, it's funny. It's my children. Like, that's probably the, like, I don't know. I don't, I guess that's, that it's not really a gift though, you know? So I really couldn't say. Oh, it's a, it's a gift. Um, I know it's just yeah well definitely for me because I don't know who would want to have children with me but um. <laughs> I concur <laughs> oh yeah 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 but I don't know I just I think um you know um all three of my children though too I'm not talking about because oh I have I have two in Michelle and I have the one who's older that from uh previous um but all three of my children I think they're uh it's just amazing you know and you know it's like you're a dad too and you're probably like great why did you have to show me up with this and i'm you know i mean i know you love your children just as much as i love mine um and it's just something about them you know and we're gonna do the uh the uh, show the influences of our children but later but um i have to say that it's never it never amazes me the things that come out of these two that live with <laughs> me here because my 18 my 18 year old she's about to be tw- uh 19 year old who lives in texas we don't see her really that much but the two that are here the th- the stuff that comes out of their mouth on a daily I, i'll look at my wife like are you kidding me like who are these people <laughs> <laughs> our roommates are not that cool <laughs> that's funny yeah so but yeah that's it okay yeah. 
Uh, and we got name a book you read that positively shaped you. And I'm going to shock and surprise you. But what, what you got? Uh, name a book that positively shaped me. I would have to say, um, man, this is that's a tough one too, you know. Um, but I would have to say, "Leaders Eat Last" by Simon Sinek. That one really, that one really made me start looking at things differently. Um, but it made me look at things in a scientific manner first, and then you know, which is why we naturally do certain things. I would have to say that's a big, you know, um, and I talked about in our book, our, our, our book episode with, you know, like the Arm, Lance Armstrong one, that was a positively shaping one also, but I really think Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last really positively shaped me because it made me realize, like, I guess it, it, it allowed me to have more empathy, more emotional intelligence, and just more self-awareness at the same time. All of those three things at once, because if I can understand somebody's feeling a certain way and, and then in my mind, I, I may realize, well, maybe they just have a small chemical imbalance right now because their body is overproducing this because of this and then this and then it, the stress is doing this to them. You know, like it allows me to understand them more and be a better leader and not go off the hinges on them or, you know, or not and not be um, overbearing, but instead want to work with them. So I, I really think that one has helped me become a better leader person influencer whatever it may be so how about you my man i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you two i'm gonna go two different ways all right i'm gonna give you one that's just funny and if my, my if my old man my dad listens to this he'll think it's hilarious my fourth grade spelling book <laughs> why so i remember and i may have been in a fifth grade but i was in the fourth grade and i was having a hard yeah, time hold on hold on back Hold on back up. Yeah. You said it's your fourth grade spelling book, but you may have been in the fifth grade. It may have been my fifth grade spelling book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it was around right. that you time. You totally confused. And uh, yeah. I was struggling to spell the words for the week or whatever. And, you know, my old man was putting in long, long, long days. Like he was fighting traffic to leave from Maryland to work in Virginia and just long days. And he was trying to do the right thing and help me. And I got him so frustrated. <laughs> He pounded the, the kitchen table and threw that spelling book at the wall, <laughs> and he walked off. And I remember being so upset, but I also don't remember ever having another problem with spelling after that. So, <laughs> Really? Yeah, I will never. We tease him about this. He still will not. I won't let him live it down, but yeah. He screamed some explicit language, beat the, the kitchen table, and threw that thing against the wall. And <laughs> I just, I'll never uh, forget it. And uh, so, yeah, my fourth or fifth grade spelling book. Now, the serious one. Field Manual 22-100. Oh, okay. I thought that was a serious one you just said. No, no. <laughs> that was uh and it's true. It did have an impact. I never misspelled words again after that. I, I, I was very good at spelling, but <laughs> no. Field Manual 22-100, which has since been retitled, renamed, and all this great stuff. But as a young soldier getting prepared to make the move into a leadership role, um, I read that. I read that Field Manual on a deployment, and I think it was the same deployment I I made sergeant. I pinned sergeant on. And I read it and it it's such a good guide for um for young leaders in the military. And really it's the foundation for you um 
as a military leader, but it can be a foundation for you as a leader, per, uh, period. There's a lot of good information in there and, and you know, about leading people. And I, it just formed the basis to let me become a better leader. Um, and, and so it, it made me really in my career, it made me the, the non-commissioned officer I am now. Um, and, and I don't even remember why I read it. I think I just read it just because. I don't even think I was made to read it. I may have been made to read it, but I don't remember that. But yeah, no, that is uh, one of them. And that's the old number. It's like ADRP 6-22 now, I think, or ADP 622. Yeah, the update, though, um, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it didn't change a whole lot of things. There's still a lot of great stuff in it. Um, but, and it's, you know, and tell you the truth, those of you who are out there that are listening, you actually can access that manual. It's not a, it's not a secret manual or anything, or it's not something, it's, it's open to the public. So, you know, if you want to look up FM, uh, 100-20, is it 122, right? Uh, FM, it's FM 22-100, 22-102 is a gag manual. It's called wall-to-wall counseling. So don't look at it and be like, is this what they, because it says like, if your soldiers, if your soldiers found guilty of arson, set them on fire. It's somebody made that as a joke, but it does pop up when you look up 22-100. Yeah. But I, I definitely check that out. Cause you know, an ADRP 6-22 is another good one. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's the, the child of the other, the, the actual uh, leadership manual, but very good, good content. And it's funny, like when you go through it, like they actually do quotes from famous leaders throughout the military. Um, so yep. I've always enjoyed it. That's a great read, man. Good, good call. Yeah. All right. So influencing class or course that you've taken most influencing class or course you're taking. That's what it is. Yeah. Army basic instructor course. No, that's mine. <laughs> yes, that's mine too. Oh, hey. Is it because of the content or the person? I think both. Yes. So this one's a this one's a, both of ours. But yeah, um, yeah. That course taught me a lot, and that was so far in my career when I went to that course. Like I was at 17 years when I went to that course. Yeah. Um, and I think it. I think it taught me how to be a better communicator as a leader, though. It, it gave me confidence. It made me more confident in front of. I was confident if I knew you, but I wasn't confident in a room full of people I didn't know. And that course helped me a lot with that. And the Bearded Ninja and Miss Rebecca really shaped, oh, and Dirty Doob, uh, really shaped <laughs> me to be more comfortable in my own skin and get out there and just be like, hey, I'm I'm the subject matter expert. It's my class, and I'm going to be confident. And I, I learned that in that course at 17 years in the military. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I completely agree with you, man, because I'm, I'm right there in the boat. Actually, we went through it pretty much together. Um, but it's not and not only so let's not even that one, but then also the brainchild off of that when it turned into the CFDIC, you know, and, well, and, yeah. the, and the former. So what's cool is like we learned two different types of adult learning together, but not only was it about adult learning, but then it also allowed us to turn into individuals who learn how to connect to other adults to help them learn something you know it's just yeah man i couldn't i couldn't just i could never disagree to me that of any class i've ever had any course i've ever had to me that has probably been the most influential and the funny thing is i wish i would have took that sooner you know what i mean i definitely do if i was yeah. if i was a sergeant and got that i would have oh man i would have i'd be a sergeant major of the army by now yeah, no, I definitely, I agree. And I've had some of the people I mentor that are young sergeants uh, 
Anderson, Specialist Anderson, I was trying to get him into that course uh, when he made Sergeant because I just I told him it'll change who you are. And then when they see that identifier, at some point they're going to say, hey, this dude needs to be an instructor. Let, let's do it. And uh, that was probably the most rewarding assignment I've ever had. Yeah, great course. Yeah. Great course. Absolutely. Yeah, I recommend it. Any soldiers out there listening to this, if you're a soldier and you have not been to CFDIC, uh, basically the uh, the Common Faculty Development Instructor course, you need to go to it because I'll tell you, you want to talk about a game changer, that right there is a game changer. And you, your unit just puts you in for it, okay? Just look, you know, find out what the school code is and try to get in that class no matter where you are. See where the closest one is, all right? Um, all right, so next question from you, my man. There's only two left. If you could have any three people, dead or alive, over for dinner and adult beverages, who would they be? I added adult beverages. <laughs> yeah, you did, because it was over for dinner. Who would they be? Um, so I have, I mean, I definitely would, uh, I have a lot of people that have influenced me throughout my life and that I would love to have over for dinner for one conversation, just have a conversation, um, especially as an adult. So Eva Collins, who was my great grandmother, I only knew her as a child. And then, um, when I went to basic training in AIT, she had a real massive stroke. And when I was home, I got to see her and my, that image of seeing her in that hospital bed after her stroke has been just ingrained in my brain. And, but I still remember the, the great Eva, Collins um and I she would be one person um another one would definitely be George Washington uh just because it's just something about him just piques my curiosity uh it's just I don't know and <laughs> it's funny um probably one of the most re- one of my most recent um uh infatuations of people that I've I've just been following and listening to or just trying to you know understand uh, would be Gary Vaynerchuk. So, but Eva Collins, George Washington, and Gary Vaynerchuk, three completely different people that I just, I want to learn more from, you know, and he's like, Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk is still alive too, by the way. So that's interesting, <laughs> but yeah. So how about you three that you would love to have dead or alive over for dinner or whatever type of beverage you speak of? You ready? Are you, are Go. you sure? You should. You probably I, know. I know who one. I, I know one of them All right. for sure. So you want me to say it? Yeah. Who, who's one? <laughs> Patton. Gen- Patton. Yeah, the great general George S. Patton. <laughs> and and, and yeah. so imagine this conversation we're gonna have now. So we're gonna have General George S. Patton there, right? We're gonna yeah. have Master Sergeant Roy P. Benavidez there. Oh man. Yeah, and we're gonna have Leonidas there. No way. Like you're talking about three hundred. King Leonidas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. The Battle of Thermopylae, Leonidas, King of the Spartans. Let's make this stand. Uh, and and uh, uh, Marcus Luttrell. Yeah. Right? And Oh, not Marcus Luttrell. He was four. He was okay. a very close four. I mean, Master Roy yeah. P. Benavidez, another, I'm never going to give up this, this, you know, this fight and then the general himself, George S. Patton. I think the conversation, I would just go leadership and go. And I would just watch. Wow. And and I wanted to have the beverages because of General Patton. I want to make sure he, he could have a beverage while he was in a cigar while he talks. Oh, wow. That's that's uh that's yeah. definitely um I don't know. That's 
that would be quite the conversation if you think about it, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about warriors from different eras in a sense. Uh, and I mean, th- yeah, yep. they're all gone. I mean, they're, they're, it's not like they're around anymore, but they, wow, man, I, I'm not a big yeah. Patton fan like you. I do respect him and I do, I am, uh, I am kind of in awe of his abilities to do what he did, but I'm just like, when you said Benavidez and Leonidas, I was like, wow, like that would <laughs> like those guys, like hard chargers, you know, it's just crazy. Well, it. If you'd have gave me four, I mean, you throw Marcus Luttrell into the into the mix too, True. right? And uh, I mean, you got a conversation of generations and just the leadership. Just you know, what was their drive? Uh, the topics could be endless, but I, I would be interested in their take on leadership and and what pushed them uh, when they were at their peak performance. Each one of That's them, awesome. Yeah, what was their why? Yeah. I, very good, man. I, I like that. That's very nice. All right, Ed, we are down to our very last question, question number 22, um, and then we're going to close this bad boy out. Uh, this last question, I don't I don't know why we left it for last either. It's kind of weird because like, you, you would think the question <laughs> before this would be the last one. But uh, if you had one superpower and you only get one, what would, only it, one. What would it be? You know, and I've heard a few people answer this for us on the show. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, you know, and originally I I would want the – originally I thought I would want Wolverine's healing. But as you see, late in life, like, that becomes a nuisance. Same thing with Deadpool. It just becomes a huge nuisance to them that, like, they're outliving everybody they love and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. It's a tough one, ain't it? It, it is a tough one. But I think I would go with, I think I would go with flight, and and I would be interested if uh, if spinning the Earth backwards can actually uh, reverse time because I saw Superman do it right. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I, yeah, that's I'm a just good saying. One. Yeah, I'm wow. just saying. So I mean, if, if I, that would actually be giving me two, but I only have one if I can reverse time. Yeah. Wow. That's. I, I mean, that's. You know, I mean, but then again, um, you know, like the Flash, he could go, he could go throughout time by using his super speed too. All so. right, before the movie Aquaman came out, that was the lamest superhero in history. Flash was Ooh, just Flash? barely no Aquaman was. Flash was oh, just oh, a oh, step oh. ahead. Like he's he's just fast. He's just he's not that spectacular. It's- um, oh no! But apparently, really? Jason Moma has rewritten Aquaman into being this tough guy now, so he's not as lame oh, as he used awesome. to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I have to, um, I have to kind of agree with you on the flight thing, um, but it's always up in the air for me because, like, if I if okay if I could keep the superpower and it never go away, because my scare would be as I'd be flying. And then it just go away. <laughs> and I'm so scared of heights, man. Like I'm like deathly scared of heights type thing. Um, but so speed running that, that one, that one's kind of another one to me though, that, you know, cause like, I love the idea of being able to go from point A to point B really, really fast. And no one know I was able to do it. So I'm going to go with flight. Oh, great minds think alike, my yeah. friend. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's the kind of, you know, and it's funny because uh, John Montgomery, 
that's what his was too. And he said he just enjoyed the free, he would enjoy the freedom of it. But that's kind of my idea would be like, it'd be kind of cool to just, you know, just, you know, walk outside, lift off just a little bit off the ground, you know, I don't know, a few hundred feet and then just kind of take off, you know? So I like, I like, uh, since we came over here, especially I particularly, I appreciate a good view and you know, that's what flight offers. So yeah. All right. I don't have to fly to London for a vacation, but I can go to London for a vacation and then fly above the city and get that spectacular view that everybody else isn't getting. You know what I mean? Like with your GoPro. Yeah, with my GoPro. <laughs> strapped to you have one strapped to your head and one to your wrist, maybe one to your foot, so you're getting different angles. Yeah. Now we're talking marketing. Now we're talking t shirts. We're talking photos. We're 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 into marketing now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's uh awesome, man. So <laughs> There it is. That's our uh, 22 instinctive response questions. So those of you out there who may get interviewed one day, you might uh, you might end up having to answer one of these questions. And we may down the road add some to it. But it was funny. Um, when we, I came up with these, I didn't think about it so much. And when I Ed said he thought it was clever that I did this, and I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, 22. You know, 22 a day, 22. And I'm like, Wow, man, you really hit me deep there. I never thought of that. And it's just funny that we came up with 22 questions um, to ask our interviewees, um, you know, before, you know, for instinctive response. So, um, but with that, I'm, I'm really excited to get another episode out there for y'all and, and to hear back from y'all and hear your comments. I mean, we've had a lot of great support. Wouldn't you say that, Ed? Like the support has been overwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I like I said earlier, I was on a Skype call with uh, a room full of our support uh, last night. Not because we did some instinctive influencers Skype meeting or anything. It was just my family who's always had my back, my siblings and my in-laws. And so it was cool, though, to listen to them talk about the show and what they like and stuff. I, I thought it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah, it is. It's 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 just cool um, to, you know, to also know that others want kind of want the same thing you do and this is kind of that platform or that voice to kind of help amplify it a little bit but with that and that's why that's why we ask you know to join our group or you know go to our facebook page 101 influence in the search bar go to that page join that closed fate or where it says visit group hit click that button answer the three questions join our group because what it is is we're, we we conversate you know we create this conversation and it's passing advice back and forth and people's thoughts on this. And not everyone's going to agree. I mean, if that's the fact, then it's just not fun anymore because we all have different opinions on things and we can think about things a different way and how to influence somebody a little bit different or influence ourselves, our families, whatever it is. Um, but I mean, that's the whole point behind the project that we started. Uh, also, you know, I said it earlier, check out the website instinctiveinfluencers.com you can always find a little bit more information there and how to contact us if you need because we both have um we both have instinctive influencers uh emails so really it's mine is just brian at instinctiveinfluencers.com and then ed's is big ed <laughs> at instinctiveinfluencers.com so and we'll i'll leave those in the show notes too if you wanted to reach out to us um but just you know hey love love it uh all this support uh, do you have anything else for the audience, Ed, before we uh, end this? No, this was fun. This was a fun episode. It was, I mean, they're all fun, but this one was just different. I learned some stuff about uh, about you, and I guess you, hopefully you learned something about me. And Absolutely. Yeah, it was just fun. It was absolutely fun. Yeah, it, it, you know, and the cool thing was, too, about this one 
the show prep for this one was very minimal, like very minimal. I mean, we literally just all, we had these questions and that was it. We, it, I didn't want to come into it prepared. I really wanted to be able to give the most open and honest answer I could. So, but yeah, it was. Yeah. That's why, that's why I had lots of time today for, uh, uh, poodle poodle time <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you also made that spaghetti pie that um i'm curious to try out it's, it's pretty good yeah. betty crocker cookbook spaghetti pie it's pretty good <laughs> gonna check it out all right so with that hey we are so grateful for all of you listeners continue to support if you would on whatever uh form of uh platform you listen to us on whether it be apple google or spotify you know check us out on it and share it please just you know hey you like if you like a particular episode share it with somebody and then maybe they'll share that or maybe they'll start becoming a listener you know um but hey we love everything that, that has been done out there for us and we want to continue to to make this movement a little bit bigger and grow um, but with that i am brian and i am ed and this has been the instinctive influencers podcast thank you very much for listening have a great day